Welcome to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast, a journey of self-discovery and transformation. Moira Sutton and her amazing guests share real-life stories, tools, and strategies to inspire and empower you to create and live your best life. Come along on the journey and finally blast through any fears, obstacles, and challenges that have held you back in the past so you can live your life with the joy, passion, and happiness that you desire. Now, here's your host, Create the Life You Love Empowerment Life Coach, Moira Sutton. Welcome to Episode 17, Calling in Your Greatest Life, with our special guest, Love Style and Lifestyle Coach, Jeannie Bird. Jeannie Bird Romero is a Senior Certified Calling in the One Coach and Facilitator, a Senior Certified Conscious Uncoupling, Uncoupling Coach, and a Certified Institute of Integrated Nutrition Coach, and a Senior Certified Feminine Power Transformation Coach. Wow. <laughs> she, yeah, she has over 10 years of experience successfully coaching hundreds of men, women, and couples about physical and relational health and well-being, which we'll get into. Jeannie is an expert in health and relationships. Her personal experience transforming her own body with healthy choices and supplements, as well as having a happy, healthy marriage, makes her an extraordinary leader when it comes to coaching men and women to achieve the breakthroughs necessary to have their deepest desires met in love and in life. Jeannie's desire for you is to help you create a successful, soulful love life that matches your most intimate desire for partnership. She wants to help you nourish and support your physical body so that you feel congruent and comfortable in your own skin and be able to offer your heart and body to your beloved as a gift without shame or ambivalence. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce you to our special guest, Jeannie Bird. Welcome, Jeannie. Hi. Hi, Moira. So beautiful to be with you. And thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> it was just really special. Thank you. You have so many great trainings, which brings all your wisdom to the people that you help in the world. And that's just wonderful. Oh, yeah, it's been wonderful. I just wanted to also add that I just finished my Master of Science degree at the International Health Coach University, which is an online university and is connected to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition out of New York. So congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Wow. That is that it sort of gives people permission that it doesn't matter, you know, what age we are in our life, you can always go back and study something or get your master's or get a cooking course or whatever it is that you want. You know, I started playing the guitar when I turned 60. That's what I asked for from my family. And, you know, I thought I've always wanted to play the guitar and I can take that with me if I'm on a sailboat or somewhere else in the world. So you can start at any time. So that's a thank you for sharing that. And I think I like the message for people to give themselves permission that you yes. can start learning something at any age. Absolutely. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to stop learning until you take oh. your dying breath. And yes. even then you're learning as you do. Yes, you are. And as you go into the, <laughs> the next uh, journey in our life. <laughs> exactly. 
Jeannie, you've, yes. you've been using mind-body awareness, including the nutrition in your own practice for many years. Can, can you share your own personal healing journey from first living a largely unconscious lifestyle and love style to becoming the creator of your own destiny and that you created the relationship you love and the life you love? Mm. Wow. That's big a question. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, big, I'm a little chunker, but I like big questions. Yeah, I know. <laughs> do you have a few hours? Yes, but, I do. Okay, so. <laughs> but you can I also mean, come back in the new year and say hello to our audience. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Um, okay. So basically I spent 35 years in the uh, film business in Los Angeles where I worked um, probably a minimum of 14 to 16 hours a day for, as I said, 35 years. So the stress of my job and what I was expected to do and how I was expected to perform and who I was serving uh, created, as you can imagine, undue stress in my body. And I happen to be, I'm, I'm Irish and I just happen to have, you know, really kind of, you know, Irish skin and, Uh, tendencies towards things that Irish people do. And as a result of that, the long hours and the stress on my body uh, resulted in uh, several surgeries uh, as a result of autoimmune and my body essentially breaking down. So since that time, I would say since uh, 2001, I've had about seven surgeries to repair bone-on-bone conditions. So I became a seeker of that. And even though my schedule was crazy, I started really investigating you know, my nutrition and how that might be exacerbating my physical condition. So I cleaned up my act, got rid of uh, any temptations towards the craft service table, which is you know, a hotbed of bad choices on a film set. And began to, uh, to the best of my ability while working these hours, take care, better care of myself. The best thing that I did is took a five-year early retirement in 2015. And that was also the date of my last surgery, my second hip replacement. So since then, I've done nothing but get better and better and better mm-hmm. as a result of my schooling. And I want to share that with others. And also to really make people aware that if you are stressed out, all those emotions are sitting in your body and wreaking havoc on your joints and your organs. So it's incumbent upon us to take the bull by the horn and do something when we feel something. Adjust what you're doing and start experimenting. And of course, always work with, uh, in my view, a um, a functional medicine or a naturopathic type person who can get to the core of what is happening rather than give you drugs as a band-aid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you say that ties in like the nutrition part into your intuition to start to do this, to enrich your life? Like if somebody was at your place to pay attention to those little nudges, like you, you had all these surgeries, but was there other nudges going on that? You oh, know, yeah. Definitely. I would say uh, as back as early as uh, 2005, well, that's when I met Catherine Woodward Thomas, which I know we'll talk about, but um, I was 
leaning in towards my intuitive guidance, which was telling me that I had a bigger calling on my life to help people. I mean, yes, I could help people on the set to a certain degree and steer them away from the craft service table, but my desire to help people was not really being met in the film business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a whole different animal altogether. So that was the yearning I was experiencing in my heart and in my soul was to really help people help themselves, help people to love themselves and create a life that they love. I saw so much pain uh, with individuals who I worked with on the set. Um, Even as groups, people were, you know, not able because of our schedules and their own consciousness to be able to really develop uh, an intimate relationship with themselves. So in order to survive the schedule, they just abandoned themselves, which is what I did before I woke up. Mm -hmm. Yes. The awakening process of the consciousness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that this was there was something really wrong. There was something off, and things were not going to get better unless I took a drastic action. Mm-hmm. And it was in many ways. You know, I talk about the gift in every circumstance because it's one of the books I'm going to be writing. What is the gift in this? There was huge gifts in it because you then came to this point that you now wanted to be a service in a greater way, and for you to be of service through spirit, through soul, and you, you went and did the work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was listening to the calling and, you know, um, and when I heard, when I heard that I needed to go back to school and, well, it's something I always wanted, you know, I got my undergraduate degree at USC Cinema School after I, you know, I studied, studied film and then I went to work and never stopped, as I said, for all those years. Mm. But always throughout that time, I had a deep desire to, you know, get get a master's degree. I wasn't sure whether it was psychology or or health coaching or, you know, nutrition. And then it wound up being kind of a, a cornucopia of things because in order to be a coach with Catherine, it required um, several certifications. Uh, the three that you mentioned for sure in order to be in her community and be able to coach at the level that I'm now coaching. So I've never stopped going to school in essence, but I wasn't able to calmly go through any kind of programs. You know, everything was, you know, on my own time on the weekends, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the film set schedule. Wow. Well, let's, let's sort of segue into the link between physiology and psychology there. You talked about you didn't know where, which degree you were going to get, but we're talking about the physiology of the body and then the mindset and, you know, the inner work. Just dive in there wherever you want to touch base. Yeah, I, I really began to listen. As I began work with Catherine in uh, 2004, 2005, and started developing a relationship with myself where I was really regarding myself with respect and reverence and curiosity. So my intuitive tools, my intuitive goggles were sharpening, you know, by the minute. So I leaned in more and of course always asked and trust that life had my back regardless of what was happening, regardless of what evidence to the contrary was being created. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, but I, I just kept leaning in. I didn't know what it looked like. So it, it's like, you know, Catherine always talks about, you know, following the gumdrops in the forest. That's pretty much what I did. I followed the gumdrops. I followed those creative impulses that called to me. I didn't know what it was going to look like, the how, the where, the when, the why, but I just followed them and I said, yes. And I wasn't able to do that until I, uh, like I said, retired. Uh, from the film business so that I created for myself this emotional and physical space in order to listen more carefully. Thank you. Um, Jeannie, just very briefly tell us, because we are going to get into the, all the the process of conscious uncoupling. Hey, that's two times now I've I don't know why I'm flurping that word up, but there you go. Um, You know, who Catherine is, because you've mentioned her a few times, and I know you studied with her, but just briefly who she is. And and so people, when they hear Catherine, who's Catherine? (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes, Catherine Woodward Thomas. She's a very prolific leader, teacher, and evolutionary of our time. Um, She wrote the book, Calling in the One, in 2004, became uh, a bestseller, international bestseller. And she's actually recently doing a second edition on the book, Calling in the One, which will be due out in February. She also is the creator of another work called Conscious Uncoupling, which is how to heal from heartbreak and move on in your life healed and also to not bring other people down, right? So you're healing yourself and you're uplifting and inspiring others rather than the exact opposite, which you know what divorce can do to people um, and how that can also negatively influence their future. So, and both works are very similar in that they're very intrapersonal, meaning that you're really looking at the relationship that you've had with yourself, the meaning that you've made Mm-hmm. about yourself probably from early childhood and how that unconscious meaning from a very narrow young worldview influenced uh, your life choices and how some of those life choices have kept you stuck in a rut and not really being able to break the glass ceiling of your life and really realize your fullest potentials. And mm-hmm. that's probably, you know, moving into the feminine power aspect of her teaching that she and Claire Zamet created. Wonderful. Well, I know that when I was being brought up, I had two older brothers and they got to do things that I was told I could not do because I was a girl. And it really annoyed me <laughs> at a very young age. Oh. I was like, why can't I do that? Like, you know, so um, it was always, yeah. you, my dad felt he had to keep his little girl and I adored my dad safe. There was this thing about keeping the girls safe. The boys were okay. But, you know, that safety thing played out in many roles in my life. Um, and, yeah, it's it's interesting what we pick up. And we will talk well, about yeah. that. Well, I, yeah. I think that's fascinating what you say because what you're speaking to is not just, you know, us as um, modern, white, privileged women in the world, but, you know, um, women of every color and nationality especially are dealing with this. You know, it really mm-hmm. still is about the boy, you know, the favorite you know, son, and it's yes. still prevalent. Yes, and there's also, I just read before we came on to this interview in our, in our heartfelt conversation, we're having that, you know, woman who they're sharing 
today through their experience, how they've been talked over by men or not heard. And, and I thought, well, that's interesting because there again in my family, if you talked, I would just like blurt so much out because I had a little area there to talk before somebody was going to go off. So it might not have made sense what I was saying, but I would go, oh, the birds in the trees, the da 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 da, the cats in the, you know, like, and then I'm just like, <laughs> I just go, oh, I got it out. I probably had no meaning for anybody, but I feel like I was heard. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, that's, I love that. that that's a beautiful example of that. And, and probably most of, most of us women, you know, trying to get a word in edgewise. Yes. Um, you know, we find ourselves talking really, really, really fast. You yes. know, just to get that word in. You know? And, you know, so. I, I, I think I still do it with my family and I have to remind them sometimes because they'll be going on and on and there's not a space to kind of come in. <laughs> and then I'll say something and they'll say, well, what does that have to do with what we're talking about. And I said, well, it doesn't. I wanted you just to hear this. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they, they know how I kind of talk anyway. You know, how, how do you help people to really feel and realize their, their divinity, their power, their value and worth, as we're talking here about, you know, women, but, you know, and embody that lovability of who they are and become this love alchemist that you talk about. So how do they, how do they find that value and worth? Well, we, Take them through, I take them through uh, what Catherine calls the seven-step transformation of identity process. And it's basically um, really understanding what your patterns have been in your life. You know, what's your pattern in love? How does love show up for you? You know, do you jump in really quickly or do you really take your time and hold back? And uh, do you... Uh, feel really anxious as you're beginning in the relationship? Do you feel secure with yourself or do you feel really insecure? Do you feel jealous or do you feel supremely confident and maybe even superior? So we really look at what those patterns are and how they've been living in your body, how that shows up for you. What part of your body is feeling it? Is it your throat, your heart, your solar plexus? And then equate that feeling with a little bit of sense memory, encouragement as to when that earliest feeling might have been felt in the body and investigate that and find out the age Mm -hmm. and then find out, well, I wonder what that meaning that that little girl or little boy made of himself when you were going through that experience. What's the meaning that you are making about yourself? If that, meaning could talk what would be the I am and so that I am could be like you know I am alone I am not safe I am not good enough I don't matter several permutations of that there's about 21 that have been identified in this work and usually there are what we call a cocktail of identities. So we, we pick the, what we call the hot button and work with the client on that. And then we uh, talk about how, what's their relationship with themselves, what that relationship has been. I, well, I abandoned myself. I don't even address my needs or desires. You know, I avoid others because I feel like they're going to avoid me, so I call a preventive strike. So there are various ways that these behaviors from childhood have played out that have kept a person from 
really realizing their greatest potential. So we investigate that and we're not going to really process, you know, like a therapist would like really, really dive into the pain. Mm -hmm. What we're going to do is really find out what's the meaning that the person made. And now we're going to push back on that and get to what's really true. So we shake all that off and then we talk about, well, what, like what's really going great in your life? What are you really good at? What do you love about your life? You know, and how you show up in life from your more mature adult resourceful self. And then we look at how they've been showing. Once they're really embodied that, we have exercises that help a person embody that and feel that truth of their own lived experience. Like, you know, I am a successful woman. I have authored an article. I'm writing books. Um, You know, I'm a successful entrepreneur, you know, I'm a, I'm a successful mother of three healthy, lovely children. Wherever things are going on in your life, we really want to help you embody that because that is true. That's your lived experience. And then we help the person come up with new ways of relating to themselves, others, and life that would anchor that truth of who they are into their selves and then help them create new skills and new capacities so that they can really take something specific and change that in their life. And then we help them create what we call a power statement that's like a a call to action, you know, Mm -hmm. based on what they've said that will really help them move forward and begin to identify this way of being as your new normal. So this would be the field of relating, like how you relate to different areas in your life? Yeah, yeah, the way you relate to yourself, mm-hmm. life, and others. So you, you have a relationship with yourself, which is interpersonal. You have a relationship with others, which is interpersonal. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, your relationship with life, trusting, you know, that life has your back, that actually life is rigged in your favor. When you show up living the deeper truth of who you are, if you're showing up, let's just take, for example, um, if you we discover that your false, we call it a false love identity has been, I'm not good enough. And you keep showing up as I'm not good enough, then you're going to get more of the same. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you're, when, you're vibrating that too. Your whole body is in vibration. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's the energy field that you're giving off. And so you're desiring to have you're desiring to feel good about yourself and have people lean in towards you. That's and going to happen when you're living the fact that yes, I am more than good enough. I love this le- leaning in that you do. I can feel it. I'm leaning forward as you're saying it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's the whole thing. It's like leaning into these creative impulses yes. without having to know the outcome. It's that feeling, that energy, that soul, like when you even like start crying that, that, yes, this is what it is. This is for me. This is what I need to pursue in my life. This is what I believe. I don't mm-hmm. know the where, the how, the when, the why right now, but I know if I follow that gumdrop, I will mm-hmm. get more answers. I always like to say to people with the feelings, the emotion, that's energy plus taking inspired motion. So I love how you have that action in there for people. Is there also a forgiveness in there with the the work that you do to forgive yourself 
and to forgive. Oh, others. absolutely. Forgiveness yeah. is, is a key plot point, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah, you really can't, you can't change and grow um, in your relationship with yourself or others until you forgive yourself for whatever the past, because, you know, you can, it, it's really sneaky and pernicious, these patterns but your pattern can keep being activated if you don't forgive yourself, mm-hmm. if you don't forgive others. So it's a way to keep stuck in that old pattern for you know our discussion here, I'm not good enough. So we really want to push back from that and get to the deeper truth. And we get to the deeper truth by, again, you know, so what are your resources? And what are the ways that you do show up good enough in your life? And let's focus on those and take more inspired action from that place because we never want to do anything. We don't want to take any kind of action from the I'm not good enough action, do we? I mean, it's not going to go well. Mm -hmm. So we have to get ourselves to the deeper truth with the practices that I outlined for you, Mm -hmm. uh, the transformation of identity practice that gets you from victimization to transformation. Mm -hmm. Let's expand on this energetic, how we're tied to other people and let it be, you know, romantic work, family, and that, that please share some examples, like in the sense of this process of unconscious uncoupling, that people conscious, just, conscious and coupling. Yes, <laughs> conscious. Yeah, we want to be conscious. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> but in, yeah. in in you know we can use this in your family. This work that you do in your job from your neighbor, you know. Um, and does this stick for people once they've done the work? Do they have to be conscious all the time when the other stuff shows up, or does it solely dissipate and and now they have a new way of being? Well. With everything, you know, we know that, you know, an old habit, breaking that habit takes 30 days, you know, so we have to be rigorous and we have to do the work. We have to do our own personal and transformative practices every single day in order to affect any change. And I just wanted to go back for a minute um, because the forgiveness I didn't really finish. And that is, you know, the forgiveness of yourselves, but which we must do, you know, sweetheart, we did the best we could at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and the old saying goes, you know, when we know better, we can do better, but you don't want to beat yourself up. And then as it pertains to forgiving others, you know, people think, I'm not going to forgive that, you know, that bad person. He's not worthy of my forgiveness, but actually when you forgive him and see it from another perspective it actually is feeding you power. It's liberating you. Forgiveness is really about the person who is forgiving, not the yes. person they're forgiving, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that is why we really want to forgive others so that we can create more physical and emotional space for our growth and our liberation, and we can move on. And I think it's important... Um, you know, I used to teach a program about creating healthy boundaries that the forgiveness first, like you said, of yourself mm-hmm, and then yeah. the others. But it doesn't mean then this person can come in and do da da. It's creating healthy boundaries um, in your life. So you know what you stand for and you know your values and you're worthy and you, you would never allow somebody to treat you in a certain way again. You just would not be in that, that vibe. Right, exactly, exactly. And that goes back to, you know, 
how I work with my clients is, you know, my deepest desire for them is for them to come home to themselves and fall in love with themselves. I love that. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's the bottom line. Now, it might be a rather circuitous road to get there based on the past, Mm -hmm. based on the meaning-making frames that uh, an individual has unconsciously made throughout their lives that form this particular identity. You know, I'm not good enough. I, I don't matter. I'm not worthy, you know, so that we can push back against that and come up with what's really true. Mm -hmm. Basically, we are saying here in this work, Moira, that the past doesn't get the final say in your future. Uh, You jumped in. I love that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's something about defining your future. and And I love that. That's a, you know, we can create this new story about how we want our life to be. And we are the directors of our of our story, let it be we want a drama, a mystery, you know, a romance, and we might have all of the above, but to, to know that we co-create, you know, this life of ours and how powerful that we really are. Absolutely. And the thing is, is what we're talking about in Calling in the One is what we desire to create, let's just say, in love might be actually outside of our former identity. Because if you have grown up and created evidence by your behavior that you, in fact, are not good enough, you're not going to be attracting in what you deeply desire. You're just going to be doing, you know, you're kind of on a merry-go-round that you've been on since age whatever, and you're doing the same things and expecting different results. And what do we say about that, right? (laughs) So we want to create something that is unprecedented. So that means that, again, going back to leaning into those deepest desires and creative impulses that you create from there, even if it's foreign to you, that you just, you know, the old Nike thing, just do it, you know, and let your, let your consciousness catch up with your determination to move towards, to take, make a choice, to take an action in that direction mm-hmm. where I, it becomes your new normal. Yes. And I, I would say to people, you know, it's, it's like one step at a time. And are you, is this action you're taking, taking you closer to what you want to create or further away? And really yeah. that, that becomes a conscious thing. And, and also this blame game thing, take responsibility for your life and don't blame yourself, but how you respond to life and what, what, how life is showing up. And I love that you started this whole thing by saying, you know, you didn't know the, how, the, where, all that. And for me, that's about leaving that to the universe, but get clear on what you want and, you know, and then leave it to the universe because, you know, the universe lines up for us for what we want and ask and have faith and trust and know it's going to show up in the best way that it possibly can. Jeannie, what is the number one reason that you find that people they, they don't attract a healthy, happy, loving relationship. What is, what, what is it with your clients that come to you? What is the biggest reasons that, 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 you know, what shows up there for the people that you've worked with through all these years? Well, I think that the basic um, problem that we as humans in terms of love and relationships are dealing with is that we are unconsciously getting together with people that, we are hoping they will fix our own wounds so that we don't really have to deal with it. You know, Mm -hmm. that in the, in the relationship, 
that these past wounds can be worked out. But actually, you know, that's not why we're here. Uh, yes, we're here to support each other, uh, to do our own individual work, and to be compassionate and kind and patient. But it's an inside job for each individual. And I think that most people get in relationships, like I said, thinking that, the, well, this other person, you know, he's going to help me with that, or she's going to she's going to take care of me and I don't have to, you know, really do my work. She's going to think for me. I think people get into this mm-hmm. mindset, even if and it could be outside of conscious awareness. Again, it's tied in with childhood meaning making frames. So what I want to help people do um, and I have done is to have them look at how life is actually happening through them rather than to them. Mm-hmm. So it's not somebody else doing something to you that you're reacting mm-hmm. from. It's that you are the co-creator of your thoughts, your actions, and your choices. And so how are things showing up if you don't like them in a way where you are creating them? What can you take responsibility for? How are you the source of how life is showing up for you right now? And when we can work with that and get clear and be able to make choices and take actions that are 180 out from how they've been living and relating, that's when like space opens up. There's like a new life. There's a new opportunity. And they can feel that life is actually for them. But it requires responsibility. And you were saying earlier, you know, uh, it's really about being in integrity. Mm -hmm. with what your desires are. Because if you say you want one thing and you do the other, I think that's the greatest pain that we as humans have. That's the source of our anxiety and our upset, our anger, because we're angry at ourselves for not being congruent with what we say we want. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to walk your talk Take a make a choice and take an action that is in alignment with the future that you are declaring you want to live. And also, as you're saying, to create clear intentions. And then when opportunities, people, circumstances show up, then you, you know, you attend to them and you take action. Because again, people might say they want something, but when it shows up, they're like, hmm. <laughs> you know, and they don't see it. It's that, it's, that's that story where uh, the person that was stuck on, I don't, there was a flood or something and he was stuck on the roof and, you know, God sent him a helicopter and a boat and all this. And, you know, he ended up, he didn't take anything and he drowned and he went to heaven. He said, you know, I asked for help and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't come to me because he had a certain way he wanted God to come to exactly. him. Exactly. Beautiful analogy. Yeah. yeah. And just to allow it to show up the way it shows up and be thankful. I think gratitude is huge in here too. And I'm sure you touch upon that with your work. Oh yeah. Yeah. Being in gratitude, you know, every moment of every day just puts you in a place of <clears throat> being able to receive, to being able to notice the synchronicity and the magic and the miracles that are being created when you are grateful, you know, rather than what is not happening, what is happening that's good. That's why it's really important to wait a minute. Let's stop and smell the roses. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's give you some love here. Let's appreciate you. Wow. That's a really courageous thing you did. Like I had a client last night and 
she was really down on herself. She has a, a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old, and she's single parenting oh, wow. because she broke up with her her boyfriend, who was pretty much just mooching off of her and very content to be a baby daddy. And she listened to her intuitive guidance that said, no, you must get out of this relationship. You must be a free agent so that you can feel free to create the life that you are destined for. So that was pretty inconvenient to upset the dynamic. And it's pretty tough right now. But you know, she's creating that emotional and physical space, even in the face of great hardship to her, to be able to create her future where and, there was no sense of a future. And honor, her honoring herself, that's, that's huge. That's that part yeah. of the worthiness. And no, I'm, I'm worthy of this for my life. I know that I read inspirational material every day. So when we talk about miracles to show up in our life, you know, I read Marianne Williamson's work, A Year of Miracles, and there's miracles in everything if we would just you know, like you said, stop, smell the roses. That's a miracle. Waking up in the morning alive. That's a miracle. <laughs> you know, this yes. just, I, I think we take so much for granted. And during this time of this pandemic, which we're going to touch on that, um, you know, it, it, it gave us an opportunity to slow down and really discover what is important to you in your life. I wanted to ask yeah. you if someone's already in a great relationship and they want to take the relationship to the next level of excitement, love and venture, where do you start with them? Well, again, I would I would um, investigate their own personal inner landscape. You know, uh, what's been the nature of their own inner dialogue lately? Um, what do they What do they have What have they been assuming is true about themselves and their partner? Mm-hmm. You know, and what might be renegotiated? Mm-hmm. And what is the intention, getting really clear on what is the intention for this relationship. Some people, you know, want safety in their relationship. Some people want um, just compatibility. And some people want, you know, the greatest sex life you could ever imagine. And some people want all three, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but everybody has their different criteria. But for them to get really clear on what their intention is for the greatest love and relationship their hearts could ever imagine. And okay, so what are some ways in life that I'm not showing up that way? Mm -hmm. And how can I close the gap? How can I help them close the gap so that they can up level their relationship to be not just good, but over the top great. And Mm -hmm. it's all, again, it gets back to your relationship with yourself, doesn't it? it It's really about you. So there's no finger pointing here in any of the work, whether it be calling in the one, which is you, or calling in your beloved, or uncoupling from your former beloved. It's about your relationship with you. What's mm-hmm. the meaning you made about it? And who are you going to be for yourself and others moving forward? Mm-hmm. I love that. Let's just dive into the area of how you help individuals nourish and support their physical body so they're comfortable in their body and they don't mm-hmm. have any shame or ambivalence. We said that at the beginning with your intro. So let's let's go over to that ballpark. Yeah. So my program that I created is called Healthy Love, and I created that. It's a 12-module, three-month program that really checkerboards your inner landscape your transformative and spiritual side of yourself 
and what your desires are for love and additionally incorporates health and nutrition as actually being synonymous with being able to do that. So a very, you know, kind of common analogy would be if, you know, let's say a woman declares that uh, she, an intention for love and it's a beautiful intention. It's pretty inspiring. Mm-hmm. But then she sits on the couch night after night after night eating Haagen-Dazs. Well, what's that doing? That is totally diffusing her intention. It's clouding her thinking. It's creating bloating and probably brain confusion because of all the sugar. Uh, the least of which is, not the least of which is, you know, putting yourself at risk for diabetes. Mm-hmm. So there are so many things. This is where we need to be in con- incongruence with our intention. So I'm helping people if they are declaring they want a loving relationship, I'm helping them create a loving physical relationship with themselves and their bodies to get to, to love themselves and their bodies uh, while they are looking for love so that it is, um, you know, it's a synchronistic effort right? You can't really distinguish one from the other. You know, if you're eating hamburgers and fries every night for dinner, there's so many problems that are going to result from that. And not the least of which is your mood. Mm -hmm. Because your gut, the food that you are eating is going immediately into your gut. And that's it, the gut brain connection. So Mm -hmm. the, the food goes into the gut and immediately sends signals via the vagus nerve up to your brain that it likes it or doesn't like it, and then sends more signals back to the gut, which will then create really horrible conditions like irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease or something like that, or else create a lot of mental conditions, which can then have people getting on antidepressants, which is another perfect storm of horrendous things for your gut and your uh, and your overall well-being, and then creates a mood of, it's not possible for me, I'll never have it. I don't feel good, and I'm not going to ever have it. So it creates the opposite of possibility mm-hmm. and life being rigged in your favor. So I'm trying to get my clients in congruence with their desires mm-hmm. physically, emotionally. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. Versus what you, the way you were talking there, that downward spiral. Once you get in that, some people don't know how to grab, you know, that uh, the lifesaver sort of to bring them back out and to, you know, to say, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to go this way. Now you talk about the gut. So let's say you talk about the gut being the sexiest organ you possess. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. I think that's great to think that your gut is the sexiest organ. <laughs> Well, you know, the gut has more cells in it than our genetics. We have like 300 million cells in our, what we call microbiome. You could sell it the gut, but new science these days likes the term microbiome. But so having a holistic relationship with your microbiome, having it work beautifully. So what is at the, on the tip of the fork making a choice that what is on the tip of the fork is actually going to give you life or Mm. take away your life. Mm. And so I think that's the question that I'm really um, inspiring people to ask of themselves and to be more mindful. So they're not shoveling food and they're being very mindful about their choices 
And those choices are going to bring them closer and closer and closer to love fulfilled in their life, the love of themselves and the love for others. And the, of course, the ability to receive love. Mm -hmm. That's a biggie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you are, um, eating really bad food and you're really not feeling that good, um, it's going to be really hard for you to take responsibility for being the creator of your love life. You're going to be at the effect of other people's bad behavior and you won't be creating boundaries. You won't be standing up for yourself. You won't even have a point of view because you're just in a fog mm -hmm. of chemicals and you know, antidepressants or, you know, a lot of food that causes depression. In fact, that's the latest uh, book, um, if your listeners would like. It's a new book that just came out about a month or two ago by a nutritional psychiatrist. And her name is Dr. Uh, <clears throat> Naida Umu. Naida Umu. And it's called This Is Your Brain on Food. And she's talking about mental health and the choices of food and how there's so many foods that can help you with your mental health mm -hmm. that are uh, a substitute for <clears throat> antidepressants. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll put that as a link later for people to explore that if that's something that can help them in their life. So, yeah. right, so right now we're, you know, we're still going through this pandemic. And you know, how does a person become empowered and resilient in these challenging times when, you know, no matter what's going on around us, what would be your, one of your, or several of your key tips that you would say how someone can stay healthy during this time? Well, I'm, I'm really in favor of following the science as well. I know mm -hmm. that's a big discussion these days. Um, you know, who do we believe the politicians or the science? I vote for the science. <laughs> so I am, I am organizing my life around the science so um, in an abundance of caution, you know, I'm always wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. um, and if friends come over, we stay outside and we sit across the pool from one another. Mm -hmm. If we go inside, even in our own home, if we have friends, we're wearing a mask. And also, and then, of course, the eating, you know, making sure that uh, the food that I eat um, <clears throat> and the supplements that I take are very covid uh, friendly. So that includes vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc, of course. And lots of lots and lots and lots of leafy green vegetables and cruciferous vegetables so that you are getting polyphenols and antioxidants that are supporting your body. Because see, every, every individual has a uh, what we call a invisible chain in their body, and that's their Achilles heel. It's different for every single person, mm -hmm. and that is the um, the genius of this coronavirus in the most you know deadly way. That where it has four strains: your brain, your heart, your gastrointestines, and your brain. Did I say that? Yeah, the brain, the heart, the gastro. That's real. Um, and the lungs, I'm sorry, the lungs. Oh, that's a big so, deal. So, yeah, so there's four different areas that if you have any weakness, the virus is going to go to that place mm -hmm. and wreak havoc on you. And we know that's true because we've seen so many different strains. So that's why keeping all of your organs operating 
um, at optimum capability is just so important. So that means making different nutrition choices. And I still think that um, most mainstream people who are not understanding that what they eat has anything to do with how their brain feels um, are, are the ones that who are suffering the most from what's going on. So mm-hmm. um, mainstream is really needing to catch up on that. Um, but luckily we do have a lot of research on the internet mm-hmm. and we have lots of uh, really progressive doctors out there who are taking their entire uh, practice online and teaching people um, about this. And of course I learned um, that was part of my thesis is the, um, the gut brain connection. So uh, that's one of my specialties is really aligning those two so that what you put in your gut, that's why I think it's so sexy because (laughs) if your gut is working at optimum level and you don't have all these stressors, then of course it's so natural to feel excited about the future you're desiring to create. And it's, and it's much more organic to think that of course I can create this. I can manifest this because all cylinders are blazing. Mm -hmm. Your gut is working. That means your heart is working. Your lungs are at full capacity. You know, um, everything is working. So you have a desire to keep everything working optimally. And therefore, that person who is doing that, being that, will attract someone of like mind, body, and spirit who is on a level playing field with the other person Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than attracting love avoidant people, emotionally available men or women, um, anxious men or women who just want to get fixed, somebody to fix them. Mm -hmm. You know, we want two people looking in the same direction. You know, it's like um, Gibran said, it's the two pillars are standing side by side. They're not conjoined. They are two autonomous beings standing side by side, looking to partner. Mm-hmm. I love that, Jeannie. This has been so much fun, um, so much information there. So I'm glad people are going to have you to go to to learn so much with relationships, the relationship of self love, and also nutrition for sure. Today, can you share with us the gift that you'd like to gift to our listeners today? And I want them to all know that the links for your programs, Jeannie, and the special gift will be below this episode in the show notes. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, Yes, I have an ebook called Trust Your Gut, and it goes a a little more in depth into everything that we've just spoken about regarding the gut and the way and your mood. You know, uh, basically, it's about food affects your mood. Beautiful. Yeah. And I also thought it'd be fun for us to put a link to your quiz of, you know, how you can discover your secret love identity and become a magnet to love. So I think that would be fun for people too. So we'll add that on as one of the gifts. And I yes, wanna, that's, yeah, that'll be fun for people. So Jeannie, I want to thank you so much for sharing from your heart and soul, how to completely love ourselves and create the most profound and deeply loving relationships and live our best life. Namaste. Oh, namaste more. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast with Moira Sutton. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
please join our community at moirasutton.com and continue the discussion on our Facebook page, Create the Life You Love. You will be part of a global movement, connecting with other heart-centered people who are consciously creating the life they love on their own terms. Together, we can raise our consciousness for the greater good of humanity and for our planet.